How about that cigar? How about that cigar? A little slow, but it still works. Did it work? It's You got there. I got That's there. That's what matters. Guys, welcome to episode 130 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And the Drew Estate Cigar Studios are on the road today. We are at Hemingway Social Club in downtown Minneapolis. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And for those of you watching after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening while you drive down the road, while you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for making How About That Cigar part of your audio podcast rotation. And let's talk about the beautiful new Leather Rose Petite Corona from Drew Estate, the boldest of the four bewitching Deadwood sisters. She is showing off a new side of her sultry personality. She's naughty. With Drew Estate's launch of the Deadwood Leather Rose Petite Corona, the spiciest of the Deadwood le- uh, of the Deadwood ladies, Leather Rose features a rich Maduro wrapper around an aromatic and exotic blend of air-cured tobaccos that offers an enchanting, bold, and sweet profile with notes of cedar, oak, white pepper and earth that will leave you longing for more the four by 43 deadwood leather rose petite corona will be presented in 24 count boxes with an msrp of six dollars 95 cents per cigar for more info please visit drewestate.com so we are live from hemingway social club in minneapolis this evening and you guys what a treat this so if if you're in the twin cities or if you're traveling to the Twin Cities, um, they they want to become that destination place, and they've got it all. It is a beautiful private club, uh, an amazing bar, um, just great people in and out uh, throughout the whole deal. So um, please come and check out Hemingways if if you're in the area. Yeah, it's a great spot. Um, very easy to get to. Uh, right next to, for those of you familiar with the Minneapolis area, right next to, I mean, basically Loring Park. Yeah. Beautiful area. Um, a lot of good stuff to do in this and area. And if you're flying, let's say you've got a you know a couple hour layover. Yeah. The Uber ride from the airport to Hemingways is very short. Yeah. So, and and you're talking a uh, $25 day pass. So if you're only in town for a day, uh, you got a great spot to smoke and drink and relax before, uh, you know, before you fly home. So definitely check this place out when you are in. The Minneapolis area. Uh, so Garrett, episode one thirty. We're here at Hemingway. A um, uh, little football talk. So yeah, both our teams had wins again this week. Wow. Um, your team, another nail biter. Way to go. Yep. Um, Green Bay did. You know the Bears. I love Aaron Rodgers' comment. We, I still own you, or whatever it was oh, he said. Yeah, that's right. After he scored that that yep. uh, rushing touchdown, that was pretty good. Um. And somebody, somebody w- once again went and edited the uh, the Wikipedia page about the Chicago Bears, and it said owner. <laughs> Shut Aaron, up, Aaron Rodgers. Are somebody, you serious? Somebody edited the page. I love it. So that was that was kind of funny to see because um, they did the same thing a few years ago for Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Um, that's funny. and so we have okay. Our owner Brandon has been there. Had nothing but great things to say about Hemingway. Love. Love to see that. Awesome. Always love to see that. Um, so, uh, oh, and also the Minnesota Wild started out their season. What is happening? And I so 
We, Didn't we do this last year? We did this last year. We did this last year. The Minnesota Wild started out. They they won a bunch of games early in the season and then just went like uh, this. So um, we have to have measured expectations when it comes to Minnesota sports teams. It's true. So, you know. It's true. Uh, but it's great to have the hockey season back again. We enjoy yes. watching hockey. Uh, we enjoy talking about hockey. And uh, so, you know, for those of you... Uh, uh, who are viewers of How About That Cigar, you know, let us know what you're smoking tonight. Let us know what you're drinking tonight. Let us know who your favorite hockey team is. You know what? Maybe that that's the idea, and I probably shouldn't do this on the show, but I'm going to anyways. Do it anyway. Um, so Bear, <laughs> Bear posted um, probably one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Oh, yes. Which is a candy corn brat. And this, uh, so it's this uh, meat market in, in Madison, Wisconsin that's doing all of these. I called them. I had them put a bunch aside for me. You did? You did? I did. Oh. And I'm going to send some to Bear. But then I was like, hey, uh, you know, since Coop and Fred Rue and, you know, other people were like, you know, I would try it. I was like, let's do a show. Coop is in. He Chevy said, Chase viewing Chevy Chase movie and candy corn brat viewing party <laughs> well we could do that or i was thinking since i know um I, who's bears hockey team do you know i don't think bears a hockey fan maybe dallas stars i don't know i don't know uh, but since i saw coop was was uh saying go flyers um i was thinking maybe a, a hockey show with some brats and but i i like your idea we got to talk to Joe Girl about that too. For I think Chevy Joe would be in because Chevy yeah. Chase, yeah, Chevy Chase movie and Candy Corn Brat viewing party, and then raise we will some make money. we will make this happen and maybe raise, raise some, some money, money for for Bears, for, uh, for Bears charity. favorite charity. So yes, stay tuned. We're we are we'll figure out a way to get that all <laughs> uh, all put together. But guys, it's how about that cigar live on Monday night? We have a great special guest this evening, somebody that we have been wanting to meet for a long time and want to learn more about this brand. So we're very excited to bring him to you. And as always, special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. That is always... Whew, I, I, every time I do that ad read, I feel like I just did like six miles on the treadmill, which six miles on the treadmill, I mean, please, who does that? Um, oh, and I don't know what's going on with my... Yeah. Well, that's all right. Yep. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please, without further ado, put your hands together. Welcome to How About That Cigar Live, episode 130. <laughs> Dan Thompson from McCallum Cigars. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for letting me join you tonight. 
We are grateful, brother, to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, like we said, this is a brand we've wanted to learn more about for a while. We wanted to get to know you, so we're grateful to have you on. Yeah. Um, start us out just by telling us where you're broadcasting from uh, and what you're smoking and drinking with us this evening. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I live here in Fort Worth, Texas. McAuliffe Cigars is based in Weatherford, which is about 30 miles west of Fort Worth. I'm smoking the McAuliffe A, which was uh, built with our ambassadors last year during COVID. And uh, tonight I'm drinking, as the ambassadors probably know, a little Zacapa rum for the show. Very nice. Uh, sorry if I'm wandering my eyes all over the place. I'm having a little technical difficulty with some of our paperwork. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Garrett, jump right yeah, in. Yeah, so... Dan, like I said at the beginning, it was through some traveling and stuff that I started seeing things. And obviously we have we have heard about there has been this this buzz about McAuliffe over the last year and a half or so. And and I went into Detroit, I went into Toledo and I was like, man, McAuliffe's everywhere and tried some, brought some back. Matt and I had some. Then you were on Coop and I was like okay, this guy's legit. This product is legit. <laughs> we we, we got to have him on the show. And uh, we're, we're grateful to have you. Well, I've got to give the credit to Jared Saunders. He's our sales executive up in your part of the world. And he, he's been with us for about, I don't know, 18 months uh, on Andy Yaffe's team. And the work that he's doing up there trying to serve the brick and mortars across your region is awesome. So thank you for that positive report on Jared's work. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dan, tell us a little bit about, uh, for those not familiar with the brand, um, the 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 quick cliff note origin story and what um, kind of what your place is in all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we go back to about 2018, uh, McAuliffe Cigars uh, introduced itself at the uh, IPCPR then now the Premium Cigar Association trade show. And at that time, a couple of things were going on in the industry and the FDA was beginning to regulate. And so McAuliffe uh, came in and in the next uh, 12 months was able to release 16 different blends. And that was part of meeting some FDA de deadlines. And it was about setting the foundation for what many people are getting introduced to for the very first time now. Uh, Al McAuliffe is the founder. Uh, Al is 78 years old, lives here in, in Fort Worth, Texas also. Al uh, has a habit. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's originally from Detroit, a uh, lot of time in the auto industry. His primary business is in the silicone manufacturing. And Al has a habit of turning the things that he enjoys into businesses so that other people can enjoy them also. The, the way that this happened is we were at a lounge here in Fort Worth. And we happened to meet the Gomez Sanchez family as they were traveling across the country. And they came in and rolled some cigars for a couple of days. Al ordered a couple, uh, maybe a thousand, two thousand cigars for him. Enjoyed them so much, began having conversations with the Gomez Sanchez family. Uh, partnership was formed. You know, like many things in life, you're able to achieve more when you do it together with other great people. Al bought a facility in Esteli, Nicaragua. We've been investing in tobacco for the last five years, and our production facility continues to grow in terms of the people and the, the rollers and the entire staff that we have down there. And two years ago, uh, 
Andy Yaffe became our national sales director. I stepped into the role of president. Uh, Andy became our national sales director. And then Amanda McAuliffe came back from Los Angeles where she had been making movies and doing media online, had one of the largest Instagram businesses. And together as a team of tobacco insiders and new to the tobacco business, we've been building the uh, McAuliffe brand. Nice. Fantastic. So about you, Dan, I'm also curious, and we, and we love hearing from people when they got to smoke their first premium sure. hand-rolled cigar and, and what the experience was like for them and, and how you've kind of evolved and grown as a cigar smoker. So, you know, take us back to that first time you fired up a premium hand rolls and and how that has, uh, you know, evolved for you over over the years. Well, I I grew up in Lubbock, Texas, and our closest family friends were tobacco and candy distributors. And so even as a little kid, we'd put uh, tax stamps on cartons of cigarettes and then we could go swim in the pool. So we were a, a very early age child labor force. That was your chores. Yeah. Yeah. It was part of our chores. It didn't matter that it wasn't my family. You just did it. Mm -hmm. Um, Subsequently, though, we grew up outside uh, hunting, fishing. We always had cigars around us. Um, Probably by the time I was 14 or 15, I was beginning to smoke cigars. We were also beginning to drink with our dads and our uncles. Um, My my first cigars uh, actually are Nicaraguan. Hoya de Nicaragua was what I really cut my teeth on. Uh, I remember my godfather and people with some other things that they just chewed on all day. Um, I was lucky enough to actually start some premium product. Um, and over the last 35 years, you know, I've I've enjoyed Dominican product, but I've, I've always really been oriented around Nicaraguan product, even from the early days. And I love the fact that when you put some Nicaraguan and Dominican together, you can get really great complex products. And I think that that's one of the things that I enjoy the most. Nice. And to get people uh, the info about what Garrett and I decided to fire up, and thank you, thank you and your team, Dan, for sending us some some cigars to try out. Uh, so I fired up the I'm going to try to say this right, the Experiencia, um, and yeah, uh, I want you to tell us about each of these blends. But you know, so far I'm uh, roughly an inch into the cigar. It's got a great draw, great burn. I'm enjoying the flavors definitely. There's a there's a smoothness on the retrohale. There's not too much. There's there's a little bit of a spice back note to it, but it's not overwhelming. It's not too spicy through the nose. So I dig it. And I've got the Migdalia, and it is a warm cup of coffee. <laughs> um, it, the, it is super smooth um, and just uh, just a it's it's a buttery coffee. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, you guys are smoking two of the cigars that really are the cornerstone of, of our our blend families. We have two lines. We have the Bold line, and then we have the uh, Legacy line. The Legacy all comes from our factory there in Esteli. Uh, across our portfolio, we have cigars from $4.5, $5 a stick, which is our Tosadores, all the way up to our Reserva, which is that first cigar that the uh, Gomez Sanchez family rolled for Al. It was carried into production. That's at about $42. But you're in the wheelhouse. The uh, Experienza La Crema was probably the uh, first cigar that we got set in all the proper Vitolas for the American market. Um, it's a San Andreas Sumatra with an Ecuadorian Habano. And uh, like we were talking about before we started the show, it has Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Panamanian fillers in it. 
Um, you know, it's just a fantastic cigar. It's loved by many. And then the Magdalia, which is the, the cigar that you're smoking, it's a San Andreas Habano, a Sumatra, and then it has Nicaraguan and Dominican fillers. And that's the cigar that I probably smoke and enjoy the most. It's absolutely magnificent to me. I should probably smoke more Experianza, but the Magdalia stole my heart. And we have that the Magdalia and four Vitolas from that Petite Corona to a 6x46, and then we have a, a Toro. Delicious. Well, and there is, you, you mentioned uh, that there's some, some uh, tobacco from Panama in this blend that I'm smoking. And I always... I always love hearing every once in a while because it's not super common, you know, that you hear Panama or Peru or Colombia, but they're or out Alaska. there or Alaska or <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> but the, there are there are blends out there every once in a while where you hear those countries, Peru yeah. and Panama. And I love hearing that, that that every once in a while there's a blend that. um because it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always work to go outside of the, you know, the the main, you know, the main countries. Talking Nicaragua, Dominican, Honduras, right. Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, but but I love hearing that. And there is, um, it's a different note that you that's yeah, a little unexpected. Exactly. And and to be honest with you, it's kind of like Matafina, which we have a Matafina cigar in our bold line. It's it's, it's like cilantro. It's polarizing. People either really enjoy it and they'll come back for it because they love it or they, they don't like it at all. And that's okay because when you're working across 15 different blends, you're trying to find two or three blends that people love, not yeah. just something that, that's well-made, well-constructed, and well-priced. All of our cigars do that, but we live in an industry where that's the table stakes. Everybody's building great cigars. What we're trying to find is something that's got a point of view that people can love. What you'll find across our portfolio, the San Andreas tobacco the Gomez Sanchez family lived there after they left Cuba after the revolution. Um, it's the workhorse of our tobacco inventory. And Sumatran is the second one. You see it used in different combinations and wrappers and fillers. I mean, wrappers and binders. And then like in the Reserva that, that was made for Al, it's one that's actually accented with some Peruvian tobacco. And you just pick up those notes. And it is a beautiful surprise that you should enjoy in a celebration cigar. It's $42. You want to find something there that you don't expect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to trump in a little bit Do um, on uh, some of Matt's notes here. Dan, I, I, was, I was doing a little sleuthing, and you seem like the guy that you have a guy for just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> like... You know what? Uh, I don't. I don't have a guy for this. I should call Dan. I bet he's got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you have your fingers in a lot of different pies. Um, what? What? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about you know your your business upbringing and how that applies today into cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I kind of would like to just say that where we're going to arrive is it's incredibly freeing and privileged to work for the McCalla family. My journey started off to where I have a chemistry degree. Um, I wasn't a good chemistry student, but I was a really good chemist. That led into an opportunity where I went to work for Microsoft, and I was at Microsoft for 20 years. I was really unqualified when I started working at Microsoft, but I just know how to work hard, work really hard. And over 20 years, I ended up growing into an executive that had responsibilities, you know, 
across Europe and South of Latin America and in Asia. And I was able to really spend my last 20 years kind of as my adult life working with commercial customers. So everybody was a business customer that we were working on and they were coming up with ways to innovate their business. It was big things like the iCloud when it launched, it ran on Amazon and Microsoft was the data center to yeah. the London Stock Exchange to mortgage companies. And so you end up with this portfolio of friends who you've been through battles with as you help build their business in a new way that really it, it's, it's the best resource in the world. You know, and, and I left Microsoft at the end of 20 years. It was just a, it was a logical time to do it. Um, my father had passed. I spent the last two years with him. It was, it was really great. And then I thought, do I want to up again and go back to the corporate world? Or for the second half of my life, I really want to focus on uh, living and working with people that I love and, and having some of the freedom that you get outside the corporate environment. I mean, I had a, had a great corporate experience, but now I, I get to, to run two companies. Um, you know, they were founded by the McCall family, who's a triple A family. You know, if they had a credit rating, it'd be triple A. And they do things really well. And today I get to run a large silicone manufacturing company and a cigar company. And we're just having a hell of a lot of fun. We've built a great team that accomplishes these goals. We stand by each other. We have uh, very intense debates over topics, but we all know we have each other's back. And then we go out and we, uh, we engage in the world in a positive, constructive way. Yeah. Well, and that's a good thing. And I, I appreciate what you said about spending, you know, the time after, um, you know, you spent those last few years with your dad and then uh, kind of sitting down and, and, doing sort of a self-evaluation. What do you want to do with the, you know, the second half of your life? And I, I appreciate that, you know, as somebody who's kind of also um, uh, approaching, maybe not quite there, but approaching that type of, uh, you know, decision. And um, that you want to, that because the cigar community is, it's a very unique community of people. And it's, uh, there, there are, so many great things especially right now because we really are in another big cigar boom so being a part of the community that really drives this this cigar culture that we're living in now um i, I agree with you why wouldn't you want to be a part of that and you no know, and it's amazing i mean I, I don't like to shy away from topics but we live in a country where there's a lot of polarization and yeah. you know one of the best things that we have is the cigar culture where we get to sit down and we get to engage in conversations with people who have different point of views. And it's through that type of relationship and bridging that we're stronger together. And, and I think the cigar culture is one of the very best places in the country or the world to do that. Yeah. We, a catchphrase we say all the time is cigar people are the best people. Um, and, and, the, and the coolest part is there are so many different kinds. Not all cigar people are the same because not all people are the same, sure. but you know, people who are, are into the premium cigar culture, uh, you can have every different walk of life, every different type of political affiliation or social or whatever it is, but there, there's something unique that just kind of makes us all leave the rest of the nonsense behind and, you know, focus on some good cigars, some good company, some lively conversation. And um, there's something special about it that we know we 
love being a part of. Yeah, it's, it's such a gift. And, you know, at McAuliffe Cigars, we made a decision about two years ago. And as we kind of sharpened what our business model would be, we went out, we operated for two years. And um, excuse me, then we, we made some decisions on some things that we were going to do different. We published an open letter so people could help us hold it accountable. And it was to retailers, to consumers, and to the industry. And what was inside of that and the intent behind it is that we wanted to build a community around our brand that you hear as the McAuliffe ambassadors now. I see a bunch of them are online with us uh, watching the show. And they're people who love the McAuliffe products, the lifestyle. We, we want to be entrepreneurial. We want to grow and do positive things. And then we want to be really focused on the brick and mortars. You know, we, we were engaged with some other people who were kind of like the Amazons selling online cigars. And, and, you know, they're not bad people. They just have a different business strategy. And we knew because we're a family-owned company that we like working with other family-owned companies. We can make decisions together. It's where our heart is. And so I believe that that's at the core of the cigar culture. The cigar culture wasn't built online retail shipping. Right, right. <laughs> It Amen. wasn't a one-click solution, right? Yeah. Now, we've done really good with Zoom and the shows and, like, the media that you're providing. I mean, it's been a great bridge um, as, as the country changes and the world changes to be able to create this digital experience for our guests uh, who are here with us tonight. But the real culture occurs in somebody's family-owned business where they have a brick-and-mortar. And so we committed McCaff Cigars to be a brick-and-mortar-only cigar company. You know, we just... We don't want to uh, transact business with people who just sell online or, or do, I don't know, whatever else they could do. And so once we really focused on those two things, we wanted to do it with the ambassadors and have them part of our discussions every day. And we've accomplished that. And, you know, we continue to grow. And it's like having 5,000, 6,000 board of directors. You know, every day I get feedback. This is good. This is bad. We need to adjust this. But I don't know how to run a company any other way. We've got a great team that collaborates to achieve goals. But then we had the ambassador that's like our force multiplier so that we're able to really have a street crew that can engage uh, with people who aren't familiar with the brand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and so a couple of weeks ago, Garrett mentioned his uh, his trip to Detroit, the Detroit area. Sure. And he gets back from this trip and, and he hands me a couple cigars and says, here, smoke these. And one of them was one of the most unique cigars I've ever seen. It was it was this uh, uh, torpedo bellicoso, you know, figurado cigar in a coffin that was <laughs> so unique because the coffin was literally shaped perfectly around the cigar, and the the way that it's built, it it traps the cigar mm -hmm. in the coffin. And I was like, this is the one of the, and, and it turns out it was one of your cigars and I smoked it and, and enjoyed it a lot. And this, so this is a slightly larger yeah, uh, version of that cigar. So tell, tell us about this and, and uh, not only the blends, but, but also the, the, the decision behind the design of that really unique coffin design. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity for that because that, that's called the Leanda number one. And the I've mentioned the Gomez Sanchez family. When they left Cuba, uh, the, the patriarch of the family was Don Pedro Gomez. And, you know, this is a family that had rolled tobacco for generations and continues to roll. We have three generations of their family working with us today in Esteli. And this was a Vitola that he created that he enjoyed to smoke. 
And so it was, it was the patriarch's blend. And in it, you've got an Ecuadorian Habano, a Nicaraguan binder, and then you have Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Honduran fillers. And it's, it's again, it's an example that we want to create a cigar that people can fall in love with. Uh, the packaging for that is very important to the family. They love that display case. Um, I'll be honest, as we think about the future of that cigar, we will come to market with a Toro and a Robusto at the appropriate times. We probably won't be in that packaging so that we can lower the price point, but we want to be able to have the choices and continue to honor the family, but to meet the expectations of the, the American audience. And I, I wish that um, I had brought that. I, I call it a convertible coffin um, <laughs> because uh, you see the cigar and it's and it's wrapped in wood and it almost looks like you could just take it out. But not at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so it's so cool. If you guys see them out there at a shop, pick pick one up yeah. pick, because it's just such a cool concept it that really is. until you take off that uh, the, the little slotted piece down yep. by the foot. You, that cigar is not coming out of there. It's such a cool design. Yep. Yeah, well, well, thank you. And that's something that the family had really worked on and owned. And as we were able to really help with their manufacturing practices, we were able to scale it and refine it and make it a consistent coffin that works the way that it does. And, you know, it's great, especially when you discover it the first times or when you gift it. But once somebody decides that's a blend that they love, um, we will need to eventually provide the Toro or the Robusto to help manage the price for it. Doing those little boxes is very expensive oh, and sure. it's a trade-off, but you want to have an experience for some of your products. And that's something about highlighting it for that Gomez Sanchez family. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's smart because there are, there are consumers who are, who, who really just want the experience of the tobacco and, and the blend and they're, they'd rather pay a lower price for the same blend. But then there are also consumers who, want that experience of the cool presentation and they want that in their humidor sort of as a showpiece even in their humidor and and if you can do both to meet the you know that for both consumers that's cool and you know i like that and that that's the magic of providing the right choices you know in yeah. this case we want to honor the family and the thing that's important to them celebrating their grandfather and at the same time provide the consumers who make our business possible the choices that they want. If they want to go with the experience, kind of the showpiece for a celebration, or if they're more of an everyday smoker, they uh, have some others that are a little better pricing alternatives for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this this one I have to mention because I know that uh, from from seeing her mention it on on their show uh, more than more than once, uh, Nicole from uh, the Smoke and Tobacco show, uh, she mentions the, the McAuliffe A on a on a pretty regular basis. I know she's a big fan of this cigar. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to smoking this cigar later this yep. week. Uh, tell us, tell us about this blend and, um, uh, you know, kind of what what this cigar is, the smoker, this cigar is made for. Yeah. Well, that cigar has a kind of a really interesting is interesting history. We launched it as the cigar to be named last February. <laughs> And uh, what we wanted to do, because we were building this community with our ambassadors, is, you know, you don't want to just broadcast to people. You want to do things with people. You want to create with people. And so it's not always possible to get everybody's opinion on blending. But one of the things that we thought that we could do is really name it something that the ambassador community drove. So we had a contest, and it turns out that they wanted to name it ambassador. 
And mm. we thought that was fantastic. However, there was a trademark that prohibited that. So we decided to call it the McAlafe. And McAlafe that people are enjoying today, it's a Nicaraguan Maduro, Sumatra binder with Nicaraguan and Dominican fillers. And what's been a lot of fun is our sales team for the last year has had a four by 46 version of it. So kind of like a petite Corona that's been exclusive to the sellers that they've been sharing with the ambassadors. And a couple months ago, we released it as a Gordo. And, you know, as our, oh, our friend okay. William Cooper says, you know, it's his favorite cigar out of our line. And Gordo told, Gordo's are Vitola's too. That's and right. so we really wanted to be able to provide something that was uh, fit the profile of a Gordo smoker for our ambassador community. Yeah. And that's, I, I like that, that because regardless of how anybody in the cigar community feels about different Vitolas, um, Gordos are sought after by consumers. Mm -hmm. It's just proven time and time again that, that the six by 60, six, six by sixties uh, ring the register in shops. And there's a lot of cigar smokers out there who absolutely love the big ring gauge cigars. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. There are certain blends in mm -hmm. big ring gauges that I love that I prefer more than the smaller. I believe me, everybody knows my wheelhouse is a 46 ring gauge, but there are a couple blends out there that I would much rather smoke the 60 because that blend just pops in the 60. So no, that's right. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> And, you know, for us, because we have the McAuliffe ambassadors, we get the feedback. This is what they wanted. There was a whole set of ambassadors that didn't feel like we had Gordos that were serving them. And so you listen to that feedback and go build the product that people want. Um, yeah. It's not my favorite Vitola. I will say that when I cut them and smoke them, I'm like, wow, that really was a good idea they had. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I enjoy it. But the whole goal is to find something that a consumer is going to love. And so in the, in the McAuliffe, we've got the the Churchill, which is out today, we've got the Gordo, and the sales team's been running around the country for a year with a little uh, petite Corona or four by forty-six that they've been showing off, and uh, who knows if when that's going to come out. Nice. Well, and then there's also, uh, you know, I say I was about to say to round things out, but but uh, in a lot of cases, this is where people get their start, and that is the Connecticut Shade wrapper. So. You know, this cigar is, uh, again, there are so many cigar smokers. That's where they start their journey is with a Connecticut Shade Cigar. And it's not a bad place to start for a new cigar smoker. Um, but there's all, we always love finding those little nuanced differences between, you know, one person's Connecticut Shade Wrap cigar and another person's. So talk to us a little bit about this blend and what a smoker can expect from it. Well, thank you for bringing it up. It's one of my it's one of my favorite blends. Um, the old days of a Connecticut being a, a light cigar, it doesn't have to be that today. And so when you smoke our Connecticut, you're going to find that, you know, on the first puff, there's an experience. And as you smoke it, the strength increases through the cigar. Now, it's never a super strong cigar, but it builds all the way through. That's accomplished. We've got an Ecuadorian Connecticut that's on it. We have the, um, I'm gonna flip and look at a note, the Nicaraguan Habano, and then a Nicaraguan and Dominican filler. And so you've, you've seen that through our blends that we've discussed, you see that Habano and Sumatra. In this particular cigar, it's got the Connecticut that's on it. And uh, it's, it's a fragile cigar, like a lot of Connecticut's, that wrapper yeah. is fragile. 
Um, some of these cigars can really take a beating. That's not one of them. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic Connecticut cigar. And uh, it's not Connecticut of the old style that had no weight or no strength or no complexity. It's, uh, it's kind of what I think that many of the modern ones are that we get to smoke today. Yeah. And for, so for our consumers out there who watch the show and listen to the show, uh, if they want to find a retailer in their area, do you guys have a retailer uh, locator on your website? Yeah, exactly. We want it to be an easy experience for, for a consumer or prospective consumer. Um, hit our website, macaufcigars.com. It's super easy to find. We have the store locator there. Um, on Facebook, there's a lot of Macauf ambassadors. Many of your friends might be one or no one. Um, they certainly can tell you where they're doing. The, the other thing that we've found that, that's been really great, once you decide that you're going to work just with brick and mortars, um, the experience that many of our brick and mortars do, so if you don't have somewhere that's close to you, because there's a lot of people who don't have a store that's close, pick up the phone and call the stores that are on the locators. Mm -hmm. They yeah. do some amazing things. And you're going to find subscription clubs that these small stores have. You know, I'm thinking about like AME in Weatherford, Big Boys in Tennessee, uh, Smokers Haven in Lubbock. You know, these are markets that are smaller markets, but you will fall in love with these owners and how they want to serve you in a good way. And, you know, I could go on and on with that list, but it's really true how amazing it's become that the McAuliffe authorized dealers are working to serve customers if they don't have that choice in their own backyard. Yeah. So I, I want to just take a, a, another step back here. Mm -hmm. uh, being that you were with Microsoft for, for 20 years, I can sympathize with that as <laughs> I'm still currently a uh, Office 365 and Azure engineer and architect. Um, how did that... In, how did that translate to you being the president for this company? And what what were the, the visions and things that that uh, you brought to the table? And what are you seeing come to fruition? Sure. So it's a great question. Inside of Microsoft, I was very fortunate and was able to work across multiple disciplines, the engineering teams, the service teams, the marketing teams, sales teams. When you're looking for a leader of an organization and you kind of have that balanced experience, it really helps you navigate the waters. Mm -hmm. Developed a strong point of view of what does it look like leading in periods of change? Just like you mentioned, the Azure and O365, those are technologies that are in a very competitive environment. And it's something that's been radically changing in the last eight or 10 years, how people do computing. Well, cigar smoking is very artisan. I mean, there's incredible craftsmanship, and I think that's a lot of the allure to it. It's something that it's handed down generation to generation. But one of the things that's been a lot of fun working with Al McAuliffe, who's been in manufacturing his entire life, is how you begin to rethink some of those things. What are the best practices that we can bring into the business? You know, when you create a new cigar as a manufacturer, you really have to have a lot of disciplines around what is your tobacco purchasing strategy? What are your blend strategies? What are your components that are going to go to it? How do you begin? We're in the process of changing our bands to have a unified look. Now, that's painful from a marketing perspective, but it solves a lot of problems for us long term. And so as you go through the entire uh, supply chain and really build up to creating an experience, Microsoft provided me a great foundation for that. Now, it allowed me to create 
with the team that I have and with Al, uh, a very strong point of view that, you know, we sell to retailers, to brick and mortars, but we want to have a relationship with the end consumers, with the cigar culture, with the people. And yeah. so in our business, you see that we, we operate operationally with a lot of strength. And then we've developed the muscles with our sellers and our team to go engage with the cigar community and culture. You know, and in our case, that's the ambassador program. And, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't have a, a magic ball that describes how to do these coming out of the corporate world to a family owned business in the cigar industry, but the preparation that it provided. And I think the last thing is just always having this focus to build a diverse team around you. You know, Andy Yaffe and the sellers, most of them have been in the cigar industry with other companies for, you know, seven, 10 years. So they've got great retail relationships. Yeah. Listening to our retailers, we brought our retailers in and they said, you guys suck at merchandising your product. Please <laughs> fix this. You know, and it take, it's going to take us about three and a half years to do it, but we're going to land with some beautiful, you know, Perdomo's the best. They're the absolute best in the industry in merchandising. And so we've studied and we've taken notes and we've talked to them and we've talked to retailers. So it's, it, I think that the experience I had is really around bringing together the right people, having the grit to do things, having the vision to do some things that are different. You know, I'm a little disappointed in the cigar industry. I think they forgot how to create new smokers. You know, the pressure has been so bad from the cigarette world. And, you know, we really had this growth mindset. So we're looking at how do you look at a younger demographic? How do you look at women? There are so many women who love whiskey. They love the same things that we love as men. How do we bring them into it? And so we have some ideas that, that, that may appear to be crazy today. Five years from now, it'll be like, that all made sense. What do you got there? So, so Garrett's holding up. So this is, this is the cigar we mentioned before we went live that uh, Justin, our, our new producer, gave us. And, and you mentioned that, that on the backside of the band, yeah, uh, why don't just, you do an, unva an unveiling party? Yeah, let's. So, so, and you you mentioned about you know bringing mm -hmm. uh, new cigar smokers into the culture, and particularly female cigar smokers. Uh, and there's something just for them in, uh, written in this band. Come on. And I'm not sure if we can get it's it's focusing on the logo the on your shirt. There we go. Let's, we've got a great view of your wedding ring. You're wide yeah, and delighted. <laughs> so, Dan, tell, well, tell us about what we're at. Well, Garrett, uh, read, read what the band yeah. says. It says, McAuliffe Cigars celebrates strong women, fierce minds, brave spirits, kind hearts. Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to, to really capture the spirit of when, when you're celebrating women, whether it's women who are smoking or the women that are in our lives, you know, our mothers, our sisters, our wives, our grandmothers. The factory is an interesting thing. Our factory is over one half women, and that's not unheard of in the cigar industry. Yeah. So women in the cigar industry have been producing cigars for us, and we didn't even know it. And so yeah. we really just felt like there's an opportunity to highlight it. We think it makes good business sense. We think it's culturally good. And it's what we personally love to do as individuals. We love we love to have women joining us. You know, we think it's a very inclusive thing. But, you know, it kind of brings me back to, the, to that point where as an industry, the more that we grow the culture and the number of the people that are in it, it solves a lot of problems. Yeah. You know, the other thing that we're, we promised the industry we would do is look at how to better advocate 
for the tobacco industry. You know, we're working with PCA on a couple different things. There's, we can't just live our lives in fear of FDA regulation. We have yeah, to man. think about, you know, it's not just litigating and legislating. You know, we got to think about how can business licensing help us as an industry solve some of our problems, perhaps with the predicates. We want to yeah. think about how we grow the industry and how we activate people. You know, and these are the things that create vibrancy. Right now we're living in a boom, but it's only a boom of pre-existing smokers. There are very few new smokers, <laughs> right? The real yeah. cigar boom is when you double the size of the people who consume it. And, you know, I, I don't want to appear crass, but there's not an anti-smoking uh, perception in the country. If you look at women 18 to 25, you know, 21 to 30, whatever demographic, there's a lot of them who are smoking cigarettes or weed. They're yeah. not smoking the great things that we enjoy that doesn't impair you and that you can really enjoy. So it's crazy if we say nobody likes to smoke. That's not reality. Reality is people are experiencing different things. That generation loves experiences. And so we need to think about how we provide a welcome and onboard them into our community. Yeah. And, you know, um, so I believe it was Nate from Bovida when we were talking uh, recently, he said, I no longer say I'm smoking a cigar. I've taken the word smoke out of it. And I just say, I enjoy a cigar. And I think the vernacular in today's day and age, that makes absolute sense yeah. to, um, you know, really separate this product from nearly every yeah. other tobacco product. J Justin and I had that conversation uh, with with James from Burn. Oh, really? Uh, on Friday night. And Carlito said the same thing on the show uh, a few months ago mm -hmm. that, you know, just just changing up a term here and there to to make it less less scary for non cigar consumers, because we all have people in our life who don't use any tobacco products. And that's, that's fine. Right. But we we want people just to continue to get across the message that people who enjoy premium cigars, it's it's a different activity for a different reason than people who smoke cigarettes or vape or marijuana. And uh, again, those are all products that people can enjoy if they so choose. That's that's fine, you know, but. But this is a premium luxury experience. Exactly. And I think exactly. that you guys have a lot of wisdom. You've, you've changed my position today. It really is about the cigar experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're exactly right. The other thing that we noted is as we begin working with different women and ladies, Vitola matters when you're starting. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember how awkward it was to cut and light and manage the fire in your first cigars. Yes, you know, we I just do. take it for granted now, right? And we did find in, in our little bit of experience as a company, I mean, we have a lot of humility here, that starting with some smaller Vitola cigars so they don't feel overcommitted into time and energy was a very helpful thing. But don't back off on flavors. That's mm -hmm. a losing proposition. People don't want a light cigar. I mean, they may want that at some point. But bring the best flavors that you have. You don't go buy a, a whiskey and then water it down for a new whiskey drinker. You bring yeah. them things that you enjoy and you set it on the counter and you go, hey, find your way. 
These are right. things that I like. You're going to find things that you like. And I think that we have to re-engage with the people outside our community to really grow that cigar experience that they can enjoy. I, I learned something tonight, and I really appreciate that. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah. I love it. We're constantly learning. Uh, to uh, celebrate a, a great woman in the industry, uh, Ms. Cynthia Fuentes. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuente is... Uh, Absolutely. I believe, I believe it's her birthday today. It is her birthday. So happy birthday, happy birthday to Cynthia. the first lady of cigars. Uh, cheers to you mm -hmm. and uh, many, many more birthdays to come. And what Absolutely. a trip, you know, uh, just a rock star of a lady. Mm -hmm and uh, class act. And you know, we released that cigar on International Women's Day because it was a time when nobody was talking about cigars from women, which was kind of funny. And so we were able to cross over into some media and to a couple other places. They're like, are you guys serious? You're, you're releasing a cigar and you're celebrating women and it becomes this great conversation, but that's how we grow the industry base in terms yeah. of the cigar culture. And yeah. it seems to be a lost art, and it's something that we're going to continue to do here at McAuliffe. We have we have a lot of things entering as a new company. You have a lot of humility about the the people who were there before, but we definitely think that maybe they're tired, maybe they forgot. Um, but we can absolutely go after new customers together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we move on, could you talk about the diversity of the ambassadors? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when people say diversity, a lot of times they just want to talk about like gender. Um, today, that group is probably, uh, we're almost 10% women. It's gone up 7%, 8%, 9%, 10%. So we, we are growing the uh, number of ladies who participate with the ambassador group. But when I think of diversity, I really try to think about, you know, are we touching people of all different walks of lives? There do we is. have executives? Do we have people who build things with their hands? Do we have people who teach people? And in that regard, we're very much a mirror of a healthy cigar culture. Mm -hmm. You know, there's groups with, with inside of the ambassadors that have all different kinds of interests. You know, the person who's in charge of snow removal at your airport, his name is Michael Workus, and he's an ambassador. You know, and he's an example of this guy who's really performs an important job, and he also likes ice fishing. <laughs> and so yeah. that, that is the diversity of the ambassador group. And I know yeah. that name. I've seen that, I've seen I've that seen name, Michael Workus, on, on Facebook and some yeah. different cigar groups before. So, and that's, that's one of the great things is, just like you said, it's uh, diversity. If, if, if we make diversity about one thing, yeah. Then it's not diverse anymore. <laughs> so it's about it's literally about yeah it's literally about everybody. It is. But, so but you know, like Workus was a special guy in that I, I saw one of his posts, and um, I think he was reflecting on his mom's life. Maybe it was her birthday, and she'd passed on, and he was smoking a Magdalia Special Edition, and that's exactly. I mean, we smoke them as everyday smokes, but we wanted to raise it into people's consciousness that hey, let's celebrate women. You know, yeah. with kind hearts and fierce and whatnot. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Is it? Uh, uh, is it time? I think it's time. You think it's time? I do. All right, it is now time for this week's Numero, Numero de, de los, los Muertos. Muertos. <laughs> and as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. 
All right, Numero de los Muertos, episode 130. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Mm. Well, Dan, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and playing the Cigar Media's most morbid game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This week, I have the number of, on average... 1,700 people a year in the U.S. die from this. 1,700 people a year in the U.S. Mm-hmm. All right. As always, viewers, if you guys have guesses, play 20 questions along with me and Dan. We're going to try to guess. 1,700 people a year in the U.S. die from this. Yep. So 20 questions style, average. Dan. Feel free to um, ask questions or just uh, shoot out a a guess. Is it a disease? Um, that's a. It's not a disease, but you're on the right track. Okay. Is. Um, is it a. Okay. Is it an illness? Yes. All right. It's an illness. Is it... Wait, you said U.S. only. It actually is classified as a disease. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Good news. We got that right. Yes, we got... He's got to look that one up. Um, Okay. So it's a disease. 1,700 people a year in the U.S. Is it a... Is it... I have a question. Yes. Is it genetic, infectious, or toxic? I was just going to ask that. That's a great question. Um, He's got to look it up. <laughs> so uh, I know that it is genetic. Um. And it is um, it is a chronic disease. Does it? And af- it would be. I, I think it would be considered toxic. Does it affect the? Um, does it affect the cardiovascular system? Um, not really. No. Um, it is not an industrial accident. <laughs> it's not chemicals. chemical expo six. I don't know. I think you mean exposure. It's just, um, uh, is it pediatric or adult? Oh, very good That's question. A great question. Mostly adult, but it can occur in, in children as well. And it's one seven zero zero number of people. Okay, yep. is it a bloodborne illness? It is not. Is it a form of cancer? It is not. Do they treat it at the Shriners Hospital? Mm. So, this disease is actually far more common than we're probably thinking. And most of the times it can be treated 
um, by your your GP or um, it is only in very rare cases. Obviously, we're only talking 1,700 people here. You know, so okay. So this being diagnosed with this disease is not a death sentence. No, not at all. Very rarely. Correct. How many people are diagnosed with it but don't die from it? Oh, we can't ask that question because we're only allowed to ask yes or no questions. Are more than a hundred thousand people infected with there, it? There, there we go. I would <laughs> say absolutely. Um. So, so if we have a an answer, <laughs> so three million cases oh, every year. Yeah. Right? Um. Is it sexually related? It is not. To uh, Skip Martin's dismay, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, does it affect the the lungs? Um, not directly. Not directly. It is not asbestos. It is not asthma. Does it affect the skin? No. This was a good path. Yeah, Justin's the heart. Justin's not allowed to guess anymore because he's on the team. He's a, he's the, our producer now. He's not allowed to guess anymore because <laughs> Justin's always got great guesses. Now he's on the team. Smallpox. Oh, smallpox. It is not. So I will say this. Yeah, let's get another hint. I will say that um, uh, I, I know that most of us have experienced this condition though it may not have turned into a chronic disease. Pneumonia? Not pneumonia, not chicken pox. John, your keyboard is drunk. <laughs> your keyboard. <laughs> He's probably giving us the medical abbreviation or something. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, is, it, is it a disease that has a commonly administered vaccination? Uh -uh. No. Is it a deficiency of something? It's not. So it's an infectious disease. It's not an infectious disease either. So okay. it's, it's, it's not measles or mumps Correct. or rubella or This is nothing pox, that you can get from pox. anyone else. Do we get to debate after we finish this if it was defined correctly for the 20 yeah. questions? <laughs> Always. You can put me on the pyre. Absolutely. I don't think we have to go that far. <laughs> oh, brother. This is a tough one. Um, is it from a parasite? No. Um is it is it else. caused by is it caused by something in the environment like that is toxicity that is taken into the system somehow through drinking or breathing or eating yes is it food poisoning no is it poison ivy or poison oak no is it leukemia? No, leukemia is a form of cancer. <laughs> Nightmare bacteria. Uh, is that a real thing, Orlando? 
Nightmare Bacteria? If it is, that's a great band name. I, I know Orlando, and I'm going to bet that it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great band name, though. Um, oh, it is real. Okay, we stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> I need a, We need another hint. All right. So here's some of the things. I can't give you the, the top symptoms, but here's some of the other things that you might also experience if you have this condition or disease chronic cough laryngitis new or worsening asthma disrupt disrupted sleep is it whooping cough no is it sleep apnea oh it is not that's a great guess it is because i have that that's a great guess <laughs> i agree <laughs> um measles no bronchitis so most people experience symptoms after eating. Is it reflux? Acid reflux. Wow. Dan, coming you, in. You took us down a path. Guess. That was a that was quite a path. That was. That, yep. That's that number seems high. Like for acid. I know. I was shocked. So um uh my my grandmother on my dad's side died of GERD is mm -hmm. what it was commonly called back then. Um, but now we know it as acid reflux. GERD. Yeah. It was, doesn't that just sound gross? GERD. GERD. Um, wow. And I think it's an acronym for like gastro. Oh, something. yeah. Gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal reflux disease. I'm just oh, going to exactly. go with it and say that's what it's that's what it stands for. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just. You no, know, it's, it's really interesting, and my our own line of questioning hurt us because a lot of the uh, yeah. acid reflux comes from bacteria from like a tooth infection, even, and it can affect your heart disease and your your acid reflux. So that's a really tricky one. But if a person was explaining to you, you'd know within a minute if they described it. Hundred percent. So, so great question. Some of those were really hard for me to honestly answer. That was a that was a tough one. Yeah. You gave us a tough one this week. That was good. Awesome. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> All right. Let's move into some fun non-cigar related questions. A little bit of a lightning round, if you will. So, Dan, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? A living person for 10 minutes. Um, I'd love to hear my wife's thoughts. Wow. Brave, brave man. And, and it could be, it could be really good or it could be a lot of constructive criticism, but either way I want to know. Well, I've always steered away from that answer for myself personally, but if I'm allowed to pick a, a specific 10 minute period, Oh, then yeah, I would pick like while she's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, because she, she, my wife is like one of the smartest people I know. And um, wouldn't I, you want to know the insights as to kind of how they think and process things and 
you know, and if there is some underlying issue, let's just get it out and go with it. I don't know if I'm smart enough to handle hearing what my wife thinks. I don't think, I don't think my brain could process it. <laughs> I think it would be too much and it would be like data overload and my system would crash. hundred percent. She's just, she's too smart. It's trying to, it's like trying yeah. to figure out how large space is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan. So if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? If I was about to get in a fight, um, I think it would be something like The Great Escape because I want out of it as quick as oh, I can. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, I think there's so, a place for conflict, but usually if I if I enter in conflict, I've rigged it so I'm winning. But if you say a fight, I want out of the fight. Yeah. I like it. I, can, I like I, it a lot. I like that. Ooh, so um, choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie or score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie. Uh, hockey as the goalie. Love it. We always I mean, love it. so rare when it happens and it can completely reverse the game. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Let's do let's do one more of the lightning rounds. We usually only do three, but I'm throwing in another one. Um, which one should we do, Garrett? I like the this one. Nope, up, up, right here. One more, up here. Yeah. All right. If you could add any person to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? And it doesn't have to be a president or a dignitary. It could be any person in history. Add their face to Mount Rushmore. Who would it be? All right. Um, you got to help me with some ignorance. Is George Washington on Mount Rushmore? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm. So Rushmore is Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. I, I would want to go with a, like a great American um, because it fits the theme. It's anthemic to the, to the setting. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Franklin's not on it. He's not on it. And there was a lot of early work that he did in shaping the minds of his colleagues that I think would be critical. I don't think you want somebody so obscure that nobody knows. Yeah. So I go with Ben Franklin. I like it. Great answer. All right. So let's move into this week's Notable Smokable. And as always, Notable Smokable is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime Cigars. Notable Cigars, Notable Passion notable purpose so uh we talked about this before we went live each week we name a cigar each of us do that we smoked recently that was notable to us it could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we just revisited for the first time in a long time or it could be a brand new cigar to the market that we just smoked for the first time ever so dan is there something that you smoked recently that kind of fits that bill Absolutely. And, you know, we're kind of getting to know each other tonight. One of the things that we love to do is we love to highlight our friends across the industry, some of their cigars, because we're, we're real people. You know, I, I love my McAuliffe cigars. That's what I smoke 90% of the time. But uh, this week I've been smoking a Cavalier. It's a kind of a Corona, I guess you would say. And I'm just jamming on the five that I picked up and, you know, it'll be something different next week, but that that's the one. Very nice. Damn good cigar. 
Yeah, very good cigar. Garrett, what's your notable this week? So I traveled to Chicago last week, and I, man, I found this gem of a box, and I picked up one to smoke in the lounge while we were talking to the store owner, and it was a God of Fire with a box mm. date of 2015. And I actually, I took a picture of it and I was like, Matt, do you want some of these? There's three left. <laughs> he was like, yep. And by the time I said yes, they were already sold. They were gone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another, uh, so not now I, I get, I, I get in trouble with my friends and family because I don't respond to text messages as quickly as I probably should. Uh, so I didn't text Garrett back soon enough. And yeah, that's on me. But I, even, I don't even know. I mean, because I was like maybe, I don't know, halfway done with the cigar. And yeah. it was like, it was lights out. Yeah. And I've smoked several God of Fires throughout the years. They're fantastic right out of the box. Yeah. But with six years of age already, oh my gosh. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so my notable for this week was, uh, so when Garrett and I were in Indiana, uh, paying tribute to our friend Tim, who we lost, we stopped at... Uh, uh, at Hef's place, mm-hmm. uh, the cigar shop there, and I picked up one of the warped uh, chinchales, and it's beautiful cigar. I smoked it a couple days ago, brought it home, and let it sit in my humidor for a few uh, week or so. Smoked it a couple days ago. Um, Ecuadorian Habano 2000 wrapper, uh, Corojo 99, uh, and some HVA filler tobaccos. Beautiful blends. Um, and uh, if you guys can find that one, I recommend giving that one a try. I thought it was a very, very nice cigar. So um, to give our viewers and listeners, uh, oh, sorry, let me close that out. So that was this week's Notable Smokable brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. So for our viewers and listeners, we actually have a special extra show this week. Uh, so tomorrow night, we were we were originally ha- supposed to have them on uh, a couple weeks ago, but we had some scheduling uh, conflicts and and actually a little s- scheduling screw up on my part. Full disclosure. So tomorrow night we have a special Tuesday night show. Uh, we have Pete Johnson from Tatuaje Cigars. Who for who who? Yeah, Pete Johnson. Oh, okay. You might have heard of him. Nah. Well, it's it's going to be Pete's fourth <laughs> appearance. On how about that cigar live? So he was on one of our earliest shows when we had the guys from the hand rolled movie on. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, because back then we were using, you know, <laughs> this really like Kmart technology. Oh my gosh! You can see Pete, and you can see that he's talking, but we can't the hear audio. what he's can't hear what he's yeah. saying. Uh, but then Pete's been on subsequent shows. Uh, we always love having him on the show. Uh, this is, you know, of course, the month of. Uh, monster so he's going to be on the show tomorrow night for a special tuesday edition of how about that cigar live and then coming up a week from tonight on the 25th we have steve saka from dunbarton tobacco and trust and then on november 1st we have a very special show that's going to be hopefully the first in a series so garrett tell us a little about that so uh tyler a work friend of mine uh 25 year old guy and he's never ever had a premium cigar in his life and he is going to uh with uh matt and we're gonna go down and visit our friend james at burn and we're gonna do a a 101 from the beginning so a walk through of the humidor what to look for from your tobacconist to uh, selecting your first few cigars cutting lighting 
and just talking about that very new experience and how, you know, to really develop um, into this hobby. So we, yeah. are, we are super excited for that. When yeah. are you guys doing that? We're doing that on November 1st. Okay. I'm going to send you a cigar journal book that we made. Have you seen these so from us? You were actually your, your, your team was kind enough to send us a, a few of those. So I, I have, I'll, and I'll make sure to get Tyler one of those books. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. We appreciate that. Well, we want to hear his feedback. Yeah. And, awesome. and it's, it's also cool because we're hopeful that we can turn this into maybe a quarterly series where we check in with Tyler, you know, three months later and find out what he's been learning. Uh, and we'll, we'll check in with him periodically, what he's been learning about new blends, what he's been enjoying and have him back on the show once a quarter, just to see his progress as he evolves as, you know, as hopefully as a new member of the cigar community. Absolutely. And, and we we're going into this completely open-minded that he may have his first couple cigars and say, you know what? This is not, not for, for me. me. And that's okay. Absolutely. But we're, sure. we're, you know, hit or miss. We're going to, we're going to take him through the beginning of this journey and see if it develops into something. Yeah. We're yeah. excited. So that is coming up soon. Uh, so Dan, give our viewers and listeners a final idea. Where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with McAuliffe Cigars? Well, thank you guys so much for your generous time tonight. And your amazing audience. Um, the best way is to join the McAuliffe Ambassador Program so that you can interoperate with us and you'll understand how the company works inside out and learn from other McAuliffe Ambassadors who do it. To, to accomplish that, you go to McAuliffeCigars.com slash ambassador and you can register and we send you your welcome certificate, your number challenge coin, and we bring you into our Facebook group where you can uh, join us and the other great McAuliffe Ambassadors. Excellent. Well, we are grateful, Dan, to you for being on. We were, were yeah, grateful man. to get to know you, grateful to get to know more about your brand. We know our viewers and listeners are as well. Thank you so much for spending your Monday night with us. Well, thank you so much. You guys are amazing hosts. We appreciate you. Hey, and we hope that, uh, you know, we get down to Texas, maybe do some uh, hog hunting and uh, maybe have you come up to Minnesota, do some ice fishing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, smoke some cigars along the way. Thank you so much. You're, you're amazingly kind host. Thank, thank you. you. So viewers and listeners, guys, we're so grateful to you for always being the best part of How About That Cigar. If you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, make sure to email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Be sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And until next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks, Thank you. Everybody.